Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business. So guys, I'm thrilled to have you guys here, uh, thrilled for today's call and our guest expert. So this is my friend, Melissa Bloom. You guys were kind of meeting Melissa as we jumped on. Melissa's been a friend for years and she runs a great group called Joy School and uh, you guys know Vincent Puglisi talks a lot about like the low price membership things. And uh, so she launched it. Melissa, when did Joy School launch? Oh, Joy School launched early December and it was kind of like a race. I was like, I'm going to get it out before the holidays. I don't know why I was like so focused on it. Like it really matters. It didn't matter. But I was like, it's going to happen. And um, yeah, it was it was great. It's actually been really I don't know if any of you have kind of thought about or dipped your toe into the creating memberships or low cost options or teaching people, but, um, and that's not really the topic for today, but I mean, why not? We'll talk about everything. I love it. I mean, I offer coaching and I lead retreats and those are kind of higher end things. And to be able to offer people something that you feel like really passionate about and just share everything, you know, for like, some ridiculously low price, it actually just feels really good. And and I even tell people, I don't even want to upsell you. I don't want you to buy the high ticket thing. I just want you to like, this is it. I'm going to tell you everything I know, right? Because it really opens up my time in a way that it's not been opened up before um, yeah. with all the one-on-one stuff. So I love, love kind of the inexpensive option yeah. as a way to just share what you know. So- what it's wild. It. I mean, yeah, yeah, we won't we won't go deep into it because we could spend an, an hour just talking about yeah. low price memberships. But even when people approach me for coaching here, I'll do it. I know there's a couple people right now in the group that have me or pay me for one on one coaching. Normally, I'm like, hey, let's just get you more involved in the group. I think the group stuff, the the power isn't me. And I think, Melissa, you kind of see that the power isn't necessarily Melissa or John. It's like here. It's the group. We talk about like the family that we have. Um, so anyway, Melissa runs Joy School. She has a podcast. She has a book, The Path to Joy. And we can give you links for all that. But really, I think Melissa, um, one of the things I see is uh, even when when we catch up, we're, we're kind of, she'll talk to me and be like, you sound stressed. Like, I feel like I'm always stressed when she talks. And then when we kind of talked about the group that I lead and you guys and what you struggle with, almost every realtor I come to basically has, um, hey, I'm stressed, I'm anxious, I'm this. Um, and so I'm really excited for her to be on the call. And she's got some stuff she can kind of give you guys at the end. Um, but Melissa, let's kind of just jump into it, kind of finding joy and kind of reducing stress and anxiety is obviously huge for realtors. But let's, let's jump back and go into like your journey a little bit. Why is this so important for you to talk about? Like, what have you seen in your life, in your career that made it so important for you to talk about like finding more joy in your life? Um, it's funny because I think for me, the joy process started with a sense of purpose. Like I was looking for purpose. That was really the driving factor. So I think that all this, I've only, I've been doing this for a number of years now, but um, a lot older than you think. So if we rewind like 25 years, <laughs> um, I lived in California in the 90s when it was not so cool to live in California. 
<laughs> so if we rewind a little bit, I remember when I first moved, um, I was married, just gotten married, and I moved out to the suburbs. I'm here in Pennsylvania. And I recently graduated college and all that stuff. I got a master's. And and it was in, I think I was like 24. And I was trying to make friends in my neighborhood. <laughs> and when you don't have kids and you're like in the suburbs and you're trying to make friends, it's actually really hard. It's like dating. Like, where do you go? Mm-hmm. You know? So I thought I'll sign up for an adult school class and then I'll make friends. Um, so I signed up for this belly dancing class. I thought, I'm sure I'll make lots of friends at this belly dancing class. I didn't make any friends, but, (laughs) but this was a defining, a strange, but defining experience for me because I went into this high school and I was like 24. The kids are like 17, right? So less than a decade younger than me. And I go in And I have this feeling like I'm so jealous of these kids because they could still like do or be anything, like everything's available to them. And I felt like, you know, I'd already been working at a hospital. I was doing my job. I was married. I felt like this window of possibility of opportunity had closed and like my options were a lot more limited. And I think I felt that for a long time and I proceeded to have several kids. And so when I got into my forties, I realized that I had been kind of telling myself a story that was not true, that it was too late or that I couldn't kind of build big things, you know, with three kids at home or that, well, I had studied genetics and science. And so that was kind of it for me. Like I couldn't change course and all of that was not true. Mm-hmm. And so it led me to this exploration of how we perceive ourselves and our lives. And I came across this great bumper sticker a few years ago um, by Wayne Dyer. I don't know if any of you follow Wayne Dyer. But the bumper sticker was, don't believe everything you think. And to me, that was like the best bumper sticker. I almost got into a car accident taking a picture of it. (laughs) Um, But it was like, yeah, I've been spinning a story about my life, who I am, what's possible, you know, everything that is probably primarily untrue. Mm -hmm. So how do I start spinning a very different story so that I can like feel differently in my life and feel like anything is possible? So, so that's really how I got started. And I got started writing a book. Well, I'll jump in there real quick, Melissa, because I think, and guys, this, I, I always forget to say this, this will be like super interactive. Melissa and me will kind of talk back and forth, but if you have questions, uh, feel free to yeah. put them in the chat. We will have time at the end for Q&A, but put them in the chat. Melissa is so focused, she's going to ignore the chat, but I'll kind of throw stuff at her as she goes, <laughs> if it makes sense or at the end. Um, Melissa, I think it's so interesting, though, because I think especially as a mom of your boys, right? I think a lot of I, I know that a lot of the f- women here, when they come come to the group, I think probably it's 65 percent women a lot feel like they're kind of like maybe second fiddle to their husband's job. 
or like, hey, their primary responsibility is I'm just here to like raise kids, make dinner, this and that. And so kind of finding joy and purpose in that and then trying to like have success as a realtor <laughs> can be really, really tough. And I think you've seen that as well. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, I mean, it's great that I was able to have time to be with my kids, but I think that it would be a lie to say that felt like my life's purpose, even though I'm a decent parent. So I think we all have something that lights us up and is our purpose, and it could actually be multiple things. And I think we've created stories around how much time and work and effort are required to like make a living doing the things we love. And I think that we've created a narrative that a lot of things are like off the table, especially if you're home raising kids. Um, and I don't believe that's true anymore. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that the key, one of the keys to joy and like loving your life is really following what lights you up and your purpose. And even if that's like secondary to real estate and you start pursuing things on the side, you know, I mean, we are here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And I'm all about like making a good living, but we're also here for a reason. And if we ignore that and we kind of put the kibosh on that, I don't think it leads to a very enjoyable, fulfilling life. So how to marry that life's purpose and what lights you up with making a living can take getting somewhat creative, but I think it's absolutely possible. And I think the key is creativity. It doesn't have to be done the same way other people have done it before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Melissa, let's kind of talk about you know, one of the things we talked about is you and me prepared for this call. Well, actually, you, you had a story you wanted to share about your dad. So let's share that. And then I kind of want to jump into why we as realtors, as many of us are mortgage lenders, we've got a few on the call, why we we often put off this sense of like feeling joy and accomplishment and not celebrating that. So I'll kind of let you share that story and then we can kind of jump into some of the discussion you and me had. Yeah. So it's funny, my dad um, was an entrepreneur and he worked a ton. Um, he worked probably like 80 hours a week since I knew him. And I wrote this book, The Path to Joy, it came out a year ago. And my mother, you know, was really excited and she bought like five copies and she's handed them out like at bus stops, you know. And my dad was like, you know, I'm really, I'm really proud of you but I'm not planning on reading your book. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's fine. That's fine. He's like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of a put your head down and get it done kind of guy. Like, I'm not really like into the whole joy thing. I'm like, that's fine, dad. I mean, I didn't care. So anyway, that was January of last year, exactly a year ago. So we kind of progressed forward a little bit. And John knows in April, my dad got really sick and he ended up passing away in mid-June. But I was with him those couple months all the time. So I'm in Pennsylvania. He was in New York and I go up and back and up and back all the time. And I got to spend a lot of time with him. I mean, it was kind of like scary, awful time, but it was great to be there and spend time with him. 
So I happened to be there the day he died, which I'm not going to share that experience, but that was like quite an experience. But he's in the ER, you know, still like alive. And he says, come here, come here. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, it's okay. You can go. It's okay. It's all right. I got this. I got mom. I got this. And he says, listen, I think I was wrong about some things. <laughs> I said, really? You want to talk about this now? And he says, I think I worried about the wrong things. <laughs> I said, well, Dad, I don't know. It's too late now, but good. <laughs> thanks for letting me know. Um, and he he always had a sense of humor. But that was like some of the last things he said. It's, I think I worried about the wrong things. And it was always worried about supporting us and making a living and making sure that we were all taken care of. And I guess not worrying about the right things was maybe having a good time and, and all that stuff. But Actually, I don't even know because we didn't get to that part and I don't want to put words in his mouth. But the point there was, it was just interesting to see at the very end, like, I think he wished he had a little more time. And I think for me, that experience, the whole experience, I mean, last year was like, what a year. I actually, I think I said to you, John, I felt like I became an adult <laughs> Like, you know, I'm 44 and I finally like, yeah. oh, this is what it is to be an adult and like mm -hmm. deal with this and take care of my mom and, and all that stuff. But it was also just so I had this experience of like, I cannot be rushing through a day or skimming the surface or not like living in my life because <laughs> I don't know how long I have, you know, I mean, I think I'm going to live a really long life, but like, I want to be in it. I really want to experience every moment and not be kind of like rushing past and saying, oh, it's a busy week. I can't wait for the weekend, that kind of thing. Or it, And so it was very, it changed me. That whole experience last spring really changed me. And I think it's made me a better coach and- mm -hmm better parent, a better wife, a better friend, a uh, better daughter. But I think there's a way for us to be very busy, have a lot on our plates, and still really live in the experiences of our lives, right, without kind of skimming along the surface and rushing through. Um, so, yeah. So that's, yeah. Yeah, I should have, that made me emotional. I should have like made sure I knew the story first, but we didn't preview that. But all right, so let's get into some of the discussions we want to talk about with the time that we have. And again, guys, I know some of you jumped on late. Um, we're talking about like having more joy and uh, feeling purpose in our businesses. Kind of will do Q&A at the end. But if you have questions, Melissa's ignoring the chat because she's so focused, but feel free to like put them in the chat. And let's get to some of the discussions we talked about, Melissa. So I feel like as I talk to realtors, one of the big things is like not celebrating wins. And we talked about this this morning as we got prepared, not celebrating wins and and kind of like just hustle, 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 like always the next deal, always the next thing. Why are we like that? How do we get out of that? What would you say to, to all of that? You know, I don't think that we're really programmed to like celebrate and and be a cheerleader for ourselves. I think somehow there's like this 
like humility issue or, well, we're only as good as the last deal we did. And then we're on to the next thing. And I think one of the best things that we can practice is how to celebrate and just give ourselves the kudos and not in like a public way. Like, you know, it's funny when I I published this book a year ago and before I knew it was published because on Amazon is self-published. I knew like it was live. And before I told anybody, not even my mother, I didn't tell my husband. I didn't tell anybody. I just like sat for an hour and I was like, oh, I did it. Mm-hmm. I did it. And it was just this private, like quiet thing for myself. And I remember it. Like that was like a meaningful hour. Like a year later, I remember like looking at sitting in my favorite chair. I got some plants there. And I think we just don't do stuff like that very often. Um, And we have, you know, big things that we do, but we have small things too all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think part of really being present and slowing down for our life and enjoying it is saying, huh, I did it. I did that. And that takes practice. You know, it's funny. They've done these studies about our thought patterns. And I don't buy into like all the studies because there's all these numbers floating around. So like the standard deviation is like 15% on either side. So like, what is the real number? But a bunch of, you know, Stanford and UCLA and a bunch of organizations have done these studies about our thoughts. And what they found is roughly... 90% of our thoughts are repeats from the day before and roughly 70% are negative. And there's a big wide range around those numbers. So I wouldn't quote me on those numbers, but those are kind of rough. So it's wild. We're just stuck in this negative repeating loop and we're thinking the same thoughts and they're usually not very positive, and they're usually pretty self-critical, right? When I say negative, they could be negative about the weather or like the state of the economy, but they're often pretty negative about ourselves too. And, And we're just stuck in this loop. And the amazing thing that I've been working on for years is that you you actually can change how you think and you can change the feeling of your thoughts and how you see your world. But it really just takes practice. And joy is practice, right? It's not, I mean, there's some people who see the world through like these vibrant technicolor lenses, but most people like you and me, we're just kind of grinding day in and day out. And so how to change how you see everything, your work, your body, your kids, your your friendships, your relationships, like your home, everything takes practice to start to shift how you see all of that. And you can really change how you see your world without actually changing anything in it. And when you do that, everything in your life does begin to change, right? So the beginning stages of changing the nuts and bolts of your life really just begins with changing how you see your life, what it feels like to you. And I love that. So I think a big piece of this too, you know, one of the things, one of the, one of the questions we discussed and we, you sort of kind of got to it is how to stop these automatic negative thoughts. Well, I think part of it is like, 
being proud of yourself when you accomplish a goal. And, and I think um, the other part too, is like having people around you that cheer for you. So I will say this about Melissa every time Jeremy, Jeremy will be proud of this, that I'm telling people this and like shooting for it. Melissa and me, when we talked a week ago or two weeks ago, preparing for this call, you said, Hey, how's it going with like hitting that goal that if you hit it, you get all your cap back in company stock. And she remembered and like Melissa, and I feel like TLF was a place that like we got to share wins. But I think Melissa, and tell me if you agree, like until I met like you and people in TLF, I, I, I was so because of the way I grew up, I was basically always tearing myself down, never celebrating wins, never feeling accomplished. Like I tripled my income in a year. I got a re like super successful six figure real estate business, but I didn't get to share those wins and accomplishments because I felt like I was bragging and it's not bragging to like, be proud of yourself. Right. It's not bragging to be proud. It's not bragging at all. And especially, you know, the best thing is a win-win, right? So I think when I share something that I'm doing that I'm excited about, the best thing is if someone else shares that too, like I want, I think if you approach your life, like I want everyone to win, there's enough yes. to go around. I want everyone to win like that's the kind of world I want to be a part of, then I'm going to share my great stuff, but I want you to share your great stuff too. And I'm genuinely excited for you because mm -hmm. your win is, is actually creating like higher energy on the planet so that I can win more too, right? It's not this kind of scarcity, like, well, if you win, I lose. Well, um, and that's, that's what I really love. I, I'm super proud of all of you guys, because I feel like here in this group, we win together. We're not jealous that Sue got a listing or Sarah. I'm just pointing out two people that I saw have listings this week. We're, we're, we're supporting each other and encouraging each other. Even, and I think one of the first things I said to all of you when you joined is like, I mean, there's a few, Madison's not on the call today, but like Sarah, Sue, me, Madison, Alyssa, who else is local? I don't, like we technically all could work with the same exact clients in Lancaster, Lebanon, but I don't feel like, I mean, if I ask you a question or vice versa, I don't say, oh, I'm not telling you because that could take a potential client. Like when Sue wins, like we all get better as realtors, right? I think, and that I think is super important. And so I'm, I'll just say, I'm proud yeah, of all of it, you here. I think, John, there's also an element of like knowing what you bring to the table and being honest about that, right? Like there's a million coaches out there there's a million realtor, right? I mean, there's a million of what I do. There's probably a million, but you know what? There's nobody who's me. And there are people who want to work with me and people who don't want to work with me. And I'm okay with that, right? What I bring to the table is not what someone else brings to the table. And if you resonate with my gifts and what I have to say, great. And if you don't, you're going to find the right person and that's going to be great too, you know? But I wanted to mention... John, because you brought it up, mm -hmm. you know, this, this process of how do you change your thoughts? I wanted to share a little bit about what that process is like. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, this is something that I practiced for a long time. So really, I use that word a lot, because it's just a matter of practicing it over and over and over for it to become automatic. So we do get trapped in these negative thought patterns. They might be around uncertainty or trying to control the future or, you know, the future is not going to be as good as it's been or 
whatever that may be, whatever that conversation is for you in your head. So how do you get out of that loop? I think the first part of it is always awareness. I start with awareness all the time. And this is the analogy I want to share. And it's not mine. I have a friend who's a mental fitness coach who's pretty incredible, Kara Bradley. And so this is her analogy. And she says, Melissa, imagine you have this big, wide open field of snow. And the way that we think is we have these grooved cross-country ski tracks in that snow. And so when you're, if you've ever been cross-country skiing, you get in those tracks and you're just gliding. Like it's almost effortless. So the way that we think, the way that we perceive our world is really pretty effortless. And the physiological reason for that is because if we had to rethink all the thoughts we think all the time, which are like 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day, we would get nowhere. Like you never leave your house. You never put on underwear because it would like take too long to do all those things. So most of our thoughts just are automatic. So you're gliding forward, right? But what if those thoughts that you've been thinking like about scarcity and competition and I'm not good enough and what's going to happen in the future and blah, 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 blah. What if all of that is just, you don't want to think those thoughts anymore it takes a lot of effort. And this is the best part of her analogy. It's like you have to stop in those tracks, right? And you've already built up some momentum. You have to stop gliding. You have to lift up the tips of your skis, point them in a new direction and make brand new tracks through unplowed snow. That takes a significant amount of effort. It takes effort to stop. It takes effort to lift up your skis and it takes effort to make new tracks. And that's essentially what we're doing when we're saying, no, no, we're not going forward with business as usual. No, thanks. So one of the phrases that I came up with and I share as part of Joy School is hold up, wait a minute. You can pick any phrase you want, but I do it with jazz hands so it's like this, <laughs> ah, hold up, wait a minute. And it's when I start thinking thoughts that I've been like that mental loop, right? Those patterns, right? Where you criticize yourself or you're dark about the future or blah, 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 blah. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, wait a minute. No. And you start to retreat from those thoughts, right? And how do you retreat? You start to say some things that are a little bit softer. I like the word softer. Not everybody likes that word, but you kind of soften some of the harshness of the thoughts. So let me give you an example. For me, I have gone through periods where I'm very critical of my appearance, right? So if you know I get into a situation where I'm traveling or trying on clothes and I'm like, Ugh. Right. And these kind of negative thoughts start coming about, you know, how I look and blah, 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 all this stuff. And I'm like, I have been here before and I'm not interested in repeating this like awful self-critical pattern. No, thank you. Hold up. And then I start to walk back and the walk back looks like this. You know what? I actually... Like I'm incredibly strong for my tiny five foot body and I could probably lift a car if I had to, right? That's pretty amazing. Walk back a little more. 
you know, I look great in plum, right? You know what? I love my hair. I love my hair, right? It's softening. It's slowly retreating mm -hmm. from all the criticism and the negativity, right? And that's that topic, but it could be any topic, right? It could be about my business that, you know, I'm not going to be able to build like that, you know, huge business that I want to build because I don't have the connections or I'm, you know, suck at social media, which John knows is absolutely true. And blah, 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 you're right? getting better. You're getting better. I'm getting better. But, <laughs> but the point is every topic where you start to like criticize yourself and get into that mode, those negative thoughts, you can retreat, retreat, right. And step back from that ledge. Um, and that just takes a lot of practice. And I, sometimes I write them down. Sometimes I actually have to say, okay, Okay, five things that you love about yourself right now, right? And that's not easy. When you're like in the thick of things, that is not always easy to do. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Let's, I mean, and maybe this is, maybe this is, uh, this. you're sort of answering one of the questions we had kind of discussed, which is I think something realtors all the time, all the time, right? Lenders on here, realtors, all of us are kind of entrepreneurs, and we can often get like commission breath, which is like where you're so desperate for the next deal. Um, and people see that. I've talked about this on my podcast. People see when you're desperate. Um, one of the things we sort of discussed was how to find that peace and ease with uh, like constant uncertainty, especially financially, right? I've had yeah. months where I make $60,000. I've had months where I make zero for multiple months. And so... I know that all of you on this call or many of you struggle with this. So Melissa, and maybe it's right stopping, What, but what would kind of be some feedback you have for people that feel that way and things they can do to kind of get through that? You know, as an entrepreneur, I really experience it too, because there is uncertainty about, there's income uncertainty. There's, I mean, it's it can be frightening, right? As much as you plan, it can be scary. It's interesting. I think some of our fears are valid, right? And then most of them, I would say, are living in some wreckage of the future, right? We're kind of creating this narrative of a really dark and awful future, and we're living in it. And that I don't know, have have any of you ever heard of Irma Bombeck, the comedian? Um, she was, she's awesome. She has some really funny stuff about like gaining weight on cruises. That was hilarious, but I'm not going to tell you that joke right now. But one of her amazing quotes was worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but you're not actually going anywhere. And I just love that idea that the worry is something that's automatic. It's natural to worry. We would all love more control of the future, right? I tell so many of my clients, I wish I had a crystal ball. Like it's on a ship from China. I can't seem to get it. Like my crystal ball is late, but we would all love a crystal ball to know, well, it's all going to work out and this is how it's going to work out and it's all going to be fine. And we don't have that crystal ball, right? And so there's an element of being really diligent and consistent with shutting down some of that unnecessary wreckage of the future, future tripping stuff. And you're, it's natural to feel that way. 
but it takes you completely out of where you are here and now. So usually my antidote, when I start kind of going down the rabbit hole and future tripping, and I'm like, and this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then this is going to happen. And then my kids are going to be living on the street. Like none of that's actually going to happen. Right. So what I do is I bring myself back to now. Um, and I do that in a few different ways. One of my tools is called stop, drop and appreciate. <laughs> I made it up myself and it's just a way to bring you back to here, right here, right now, right? What are the five things in this moment, right? You can be grateful for all sorts of things, but this is appreciation in the moment. Come back to now, come back to now. You're living in the future. Let's come back to now, right? So it's winter, it's cold here, and I'm really, really appreciative of heat. Every single time I walk into my house and I feel this like rush of heat, like I'm so appreciative. I went to Trader Joe's this morning and, you know, I spend a lot. I have my mom's here and I have my husband and three boys. So we're six people. Every time I pay for those groceries, I am like immensely grateful that I can just buy them, right? It's it's really appreciating everything, in even the minutiae, and it takes you out of that future tripping. So I don't have a way to give you a crystal ball, but I do think there are ways to kind of step yourself back from trying to predict the future, especially a particularly dark one, and just come back to, you know, I love the you know, I had a birthday for my kids. I love that they wanted to stay home and watch a movie with us. I love that they have a couple nice friends they wanted to invite over. I love that I was able to make them a big cake and they had a great time, right? I, I love, you know, I'm just constant, constant noticing and appreciating. And it takes me out of that future tripping. Yeah, so good. And I think, and we talk about this guys on these calls all the time. So many of you, I'm like, well, I saw this on the news. I saw this on the news. Jeremy Kane talks about this all the time. Like realtors out there, no offense, like, but realtors out there that are crushing it are not watching the news and watching CNN or Fox news, whichever one you love or hate, which they're not listening to them tell you how bad the real estate market is. They're out there hustling for deals. I think it's very interesting. And I've I've shared this, I've shared this here before. I stopped worried about it because I could sit here at this desk and look at the numbers yeah. in the account and be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, run the calculator. Or I could I keep doing what I do, making connections, right? I think about the connection I've built with Susan. Well, that came out of a really bad experience with a previous lender right? It did. It was awful. And instead of like sitting here crying that that lender was a slime ball, I was like, oh, well, I need a pre-approval. Hey, Susan, can you get it done? She got it done and was a saint. And like, boom, ever since then, like we've had a great business relationship and working together. So Melissa, let's, let's kind of talk about the things you have to offer and you have some free stuff that you'd love to hand out. And then I'd love to guys, any questions you have, I'd love to get to as well. So oh, yeah. Melissa, yeah. tell us. Why don't and you throw in, throw in the chat? So I have this. Yes. It's a 30-day guide. It went with my book. It's kind of like a companion guide. And it just offers like 30 prompts to think about. You can use them every day. You can use them once a week. Doesn't matter. But it's just a PDF you can download. So 
because I hate working in a chat, John just threw it in the chat. So you can just put your email in and I'll email you the workbook. You know, John, you brought up a really good, before we take questions, that was something that I, that I think about a lot is curating my environment and what I'm exposed to. And I think that it's sometimes challenging, right? I mean, you can turn off the news, but like social media, sometimes you're on there for your business. So you can't necessarily turn it off, but there's an element of like social media doesn't always make you feel like you're killing it. Doesn't always make you feel like a box. And I think it's really important to think about what inputs, what, what you're allowing to kind of surround you. So from books, podcasts, social media, people, right? I mean, I'll tell you, I love my mother and I promised my dad I would take care of her and I'm taking care of her, but she's a little bit negative. (laughs) Um, I could tell you some crazy stories. I mean, hey, hey guys, people put it in the chat. Don't don't put that in there because I won't get it. Go to the Melissa Bloom link that I posted. Put your email in. Melissa also post her path to joy, which is her low price membership that we have. So, oh, yeah. So Joy School's there. Yeah, Tell us about Joy School. Yeah, Joy School's really fun. And if you want to, you know, email me about it, I'm happy to tell you about it. It's only 11 bucks, but honestly, I want it to be for everyone. So if anyone's like 11 bucks is too much for me totally okay. I can discount it. I really don't care because I just want people to be part of it. And I just, I love it, but it's basically like a go at your own pace membership where you get these little video lessons from me and worksheets. And I send you these love note texts that are supportive and encouraging and remind you how amazing you are. That's my favorite part is writing the texts. So, um, and there are live calls. They're just not weekly with joy school. So you can see the link, but, um, but let's, let's talk about, I just, Oh, I'm interrupting you, John. No, no, real quick. (laughs) Like, cause I do want to get to questions and I, and I know we do that. If we have more, we'll just keep going. If they don't question, tell us about like, how do we balance it and not get frustrated as realtors? Like we have some days that feel like we work for 20 hours. Some days we feel like we work for none. Like how the heck do we balance that? and feel like we have peace in that? So I think some of it is rather than thinking about what you didn't do or who you didn't reach out to or or what didn't happen, it's really thinking about what you did do. And I'm a big fan of the idea of planting seeds. And I think it's a great, you know, when you're on social media, when you're talking to people, it can get frustrating because you're like, well, why are you not calling me? (laughs) Hey, hey. But what the way that I think about building my own business is really planting seeds. I just keep talking to people, sharing what I know. And, you know, I write, I have a podcast that uh, is twice a week. I write a ton, um, for emails and newsletters. And all it is, is planting seeds. And over time, those seeds start to bloom. And sometimes it does take months or years. And so 
when I have a day where maybe I see fewer clients or kind of less is happening, I really think about the planting seeds. What can I do that's planting seeds? And so that's that's kind of a more practical strategy, but there's also an element of not basing a great day on outcome, right? On mm-hmm. external outcome. And I think we don't really appreciate our effort and what went into the day. And so if I have a day where, you know, I didn't talk to anybody, I didn't see any clients, but I wrote and, you know, I kind of worked on my business in a different way. I really appreciate the effort and what I worked on. And I think we have a very, you know, outcome culture, right? We celebrate our wins that are outcome dependent and sure, that's great. We can do that, but celebrating the effort and kind of the quieter work that you do is also really important. Yeah. So I don't know if that answers the question. No, but- it, it does. I, I think I would encourage people to like focus on, and some people might disagree with this. I, w- I would encourage focus on the effort, not the results. So you guys know, because I have conversations with you, many of you, that's how you join this. We get on a call. We talk about social media. I talk about what we're doing here. Like I could talk to 10 realtors this week and not one of them would join, but I still put in the energy and effort to talk to them about the community we have, the family we have here, what we bring to the table. I have a call later this afternoon. Like if I judge myself on, well, nobody joined this week. Well, but I might have those conversations. Some of you, and you know this, some of you, we talk. Months later, you say, hey, tell me more about that. It's time to join. I see a few of you that like we talked And then months later, you join. So I think it's like in your real estate business, let's focus on the the like effort, not the result. If you're like, I want a cold caller, I want this or I want whatever you want to do. I want to post this many times about real estate on social media and you post that many times, but nobody buys a house that's that week. It doesn't mean it wasn't successful. Right. So. Well, we are at 11 and I do want to honor people's time. Melissa, you crushed it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And thank you guys so much. We do try to be done. I know people got other calls and work. Melissa, thank you so much. And thank you all for being here. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. This week, I'll put out the call schedule for February. And I'm excited to see you guys next month. Bye, Hudson. Thanks, everybody. See you guys. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Real Estate Survival Guide. If you enjoyed this episode, we would appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. It helps others discover the show. Thank you so much, and we will see you on the next episode.